Before we jump in, a warning that we are an explicit book podcast. Yes, that means swearing, shitty jokes, and a whole lot of dark humour that some may take offence to. Please check your trigger warnings on all of the books we cover. You've been warned. The episode starts in three, two, one. (laughs) A book and a bear. And welcome back to another episode of A Book and a Bev. We are your co-hosts, Briny, Ellie, and Georgia. Chuck a hard hat on me and call me Briny the Builder because this week we are diving back in to the glorious FF universe written by Ashley Herring Blake, which is Ashley Parker doesn't fail. And no, yeah, Astrid Parker. It's they <laughs> already my literal next joke is, and yes, I thought it was Astrid Parker doesn't fall until I realized I couldn't read. <laughs> Astrid Parker doesn't fail. Oh, okay. That, I thought you said Ashley was. Parker. Oh, didn't you realize? Neither one was right. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I thought it was hilarious. Fucking hell! Astrid Parker doesn't fail. Yeah, look, this is going to be a time, and I think it's setting the tone for the entire episode. So we're just going to push on. What are we all drinking? I have Red Bull because this book makes me want to sprout wings and fly the fuck away. <laughs> Oh my god, that's such a coincidence, Ellie, because I'm also drinking Red Bull and it's so that I can fly and grab you and bring you back down. (laughs) You've gone, if you're a bird, I'm a bird. Come back. I'm a fucking bird and you're coming back down here. I'm just standing on the ground being like... That's okay. Why are they fighting in bird form? Why are we fighting? Can't we just be friends? They don't even like birds. (laughs) Look, I was going to try and drink something blue in theme with the lapis room, but honestly, I feel like the new theme for every episode is I have a drink theme idea and then I just never do it. So Mm. I'm drinking Jack and Coke. Fair enough for you. Well, I'm scared to even ask, what do we think of the book? Should we do like a shit sandwich so someone has a good thing then I'd have the <laughs> shit middle and then someone else takes All a right, good let's end? let's we'll do the shit sandwich. <laughs> <laughs> I thoroughly enjoyed this book and Ashley has quickly gone onto my must-buy authors list. I felt like this book got into some of the trickier topics compared to Delilah Green Doesn't Care, but it still handled it with that perfect like joy-love-pain combo that is obviously Ashley's style. I did love the dynamic with Jordan and her ex, who at first you're like, oh my god, she's dead, poor Jordan, and then you realise she just went thanks but no thanks on her chemo journey. (laughs) The dynamic as well between Jordan's family and her versus like Astrid's mother family situation and her was also really interesting to read about as well, so I really enjoyed those aspects. But also I just really cannot wait for book three to come out because the sneak peek at Iris's life has already, like it's already got me hooked, so say less. Mm. Guys, prepare yourselves, okay? Just, I'm allowed to have my opinions, but don't have to be the same as yours. And just because I don't like the book doesn't mean I don't like you, okay? Not a personal <laughs> attack. I'm taking it right. personally. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> okay, with that in mind, I am the bad guy again because I really didn't enjoy this book. <laughs> you know, maybe it's just because my fluffy rom-com quota was used up with Delilah Green because it fell flat for me. I really liked Astra's character. Like I saw a lot of myself in her, you know, like that type A neurotic. Yes, I feel like a lot of us book readers are that type of person. And I really connected with her, but it wasn't enough for me to love this book. It just felt like one big copy paste from book one with like literally the exact same issues and FNC with intimacy issues from difficult childhood and the love interest working through her own issues with her ex. It's the exact same thing. Maybe I expected a little bit too much from it, but I just, I wanted more depth. Like Astrid's realization that she is queer later in life felt like it was brushed over far too easily. But also I really struggled with finding out in chapter one that Iris has broken up with her long-term partner and is now also queer and in a relationship with a woman. Like I really wanted conversations of her not wanting kids and that whole dynamic to be explored. And, you know, hopefully it will be later in her book, but it just didn't do it for me. Also, something I really noticed and couldn't unsee after Georgia pointed it out in Delilah Green is the constant description of race. This feels a bit dicey to say, but it just felt forced. Like it was there for the diversity brownie points. I don't love it. There's a way to write inclusively and that's not it, but 
carry on with the end of the sandwich. Well, I also really loved this book. I really loved Astrid Parker. I liked her and Jordan's relationship, their journey, and really just like everything about them generally. A lot of people don't like this book because Astrid can be at times a really hard person to love, but she's been brought up to be that way. And I love that this book basically shows her struggling to find herself outside of her relationship with her mom. That is so real to me. I feel like that's something that a lot of like women sometimes can struggle with. Jordan and Astrid both have like their own personal issues that they are dealing with. And this just shows, I think, how not all the time, but how sometimes it's okay to have someone else to help you through those issues. You know, sometimes people say you have to do it on your own to be able to love someone else and all those types of things. But sometimes it actually works really well to have someone with you, like being like your kind of rock. Self-reflection is so important. And so many people think that, yeah, you have to be perfect yourself before you can put yourself in a position to help someone else through their issues. I don't think that's always the case. And I think that Jordan and Astrid both worked through their own issues personally, but also worked through them together as well. And they just made my heart really full. And this was also Astrid's queer journey. And like after everything that she went through with her mom and the immense pressure that she felt her entire life to be like a certain type of way, that story itself and was just so important for her character growth. The only thing that really annoyed me throughout this book was that everyone was saying that it was Jordan's design idea. It was very clearly a teen effort to me I really didn't understand why it had to be one or the other I was like why is this a thing why did Meredith come along and go no but yeah I'm fine with sweeping that under the rug to give this book a nice solid rating but I really love the book I love the characters I like the journey I like it all fuck it up so just to recap everyone on who we meet in this book we've obviously because obviously we've read Delilah Green doesn't care and if you haven't you should read that first but to recap who we've got really in this book you've obviously got Astrid who we know her but she's currently in her breakup redemption arc so we'll just leave her be then we've got jordan so hello new goddess jordan everwood twin to simon and granddaughter to prue she's recently divorced but not widowed though you could be forgiven for thinking she is she would 1000 percent shop at dangerfield and has decided that she is also in her breakup redemption arc so Yes. Live, laugh, love. That is an accurate description. <laughs> it's a bold print every day. Then we've got Simon, which is Jordan's bisexual twin brother and also an author of non-romance books that can apparently be trusted even though he is a man. No. <laughs> we've got Prue, who's Jordan's stylish as fuck aging grandmommy. No Anastasia's here. And we've got... <laughs> I'd forgotten. Wow, <laughs> Jesus. You've got Natasha, who's feminist icon and stylish host of the reality TV show Inside America, and you can't convince me that it's not like Chip and Joe. The, yeah. <laughs> Joanna Gaines, I was going to say. Yep, love He's them. my bedding love them. And then obviously you've got the crew, Delilah, Claire and Iris, and of course, Isabel, who I hate. Oh, and Gillian. All you need to know about her is she's a cunt, really. We'll get to that. <laughs> the book starts off with a shout out for everyone who figured it out a little later in life. And right now that is what I needed because we're in a cost of living crisis and I'm personally struggling with feeling stagnant in comparison to where I thought I would be at this point. So thank you, Ashley, for making me feel vulnerable. <laughs> well, we just got really real then. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> we start the story itself off with astrid looking hot as funk hot as funk that's different hot as funk (laughs) we start the story off with astrid looking hot as fuck in a kukai dress you can't convince me otherwise it's an ivory pencil dress and stiletto she's on her way to start working on her big break aka inside america and she's on her way to meet the girls when someone bumps into her and knocks her ass on the pavement and covers said gorgeous ivory dress in dark coffee yikes Mm. the coffee bandit is a golden brown haired overall wearing danger field loving pierced goddess and is like oh my gosh so sorry but in this moment astrid obviously is holding her sand together like by a teeny tiny thread i don't even blame her for being angry about this she's like oh god i was so bad i'm like nah fuck that your dress is munted man like yeah i would be devastated although i'm, I'm too much of a people pleaser to let yeah. it show i would yeah. apologize to her and then i'd take my anger out on like my partner or my children <laughs> later good good healthy response there <laughs> i feel like maybe i don't relate with astrid maybe i relate to isabel <laughs> Oh, no. It's too real, Ellie. Fuck. Moving on. Iris, Delilah, and Claire are there, but it's too late. Astrid demands the woman put her number in her phone so she can send her the dry cleaning bill. Okay, that's a bit far, Astrid. Just verbally abuse the person and be done. (laughs) 
But when Asher looks at her phone, like after the coffee bandit has done this and fled, the contact is saved under delightful human who ruined your ugly dress. Oh. I'm sorry, Kukai is expensive. And that was her hot girl dress as well. That we was, all have an outfit. hot girl dress. We all have that outfit. I would be devastated. We then go into the point of view of said coffee bandit, aka Jordan, who is mid-mental breakdown in her truck. <laughs> Jordan is also rebuilding her life after her wife's cancer. And she is vaguely now without said wife. And so you could be forgiven for thinking that she's dead. Mm. Then obviously post-situation, she started just failing professionally before setting an accidental fire in the workplace. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how you accidentally do a fire, Jordan, but okay. She seems like she's a little bit chaotic, giving the energy that she could probably accidentally light something on fire. True. <laughs> but anyway, so she's now in town to help her twin brother Simon and their grandmother Pri out with in renovations. But at 31, she just feels like she's too young to feel this damn old, which again, relatable. What do you mean? I have back pain? <laughs> Literally me <laughs> at like 17, not even 16, like injuring my back and now it's still fucked. And I'm like, ah, it's for life. <laughs> Slave. If you will. Slave. <laughs> oh my god. Jordan, while feeling sad in the truck having a menti B, decides to turn to her tarot card deck for guidance. And not for the first time in recent months, she draws the Two of Cups, which is apparently hinting at romance, love, a new relationship, and perfect pairings. And not in the way that chocolate and raspberry go together like soulmate perfect pairings. Oh. Yum. Yeah. Jordan arrives at the inn for the first day of working on this show when none other than Astrid appears as the designer for the project. What a quinky dink. Astrid is basically at Jordan's mercy because of like family privilege and whatnot but Jordan just acts like they are meeting for the first time so weird vibes. The inside crew show up and we meet the team which is like the host Natasha who is a magnificent woman wearing a clit necklace. Jordan is like watching Astrid try to like pull herself together and Astrid misses her chance to properly apologize which again I don't think she needs to but it's fine. Jordan is frankly finding it very enjoyable to break down Astrid's composure and is like why should I spend money on therapy when I can obviously just send this woman into cardiac arrest in her late 20s. <laughs> the Everwood Inn needs the show to go well to drop business because otherwise they're going to have to sell and that's the only thing that's making Jordan even slightly behave herself. But even Natasha is like picking up on the tension between our two FM seats. And when Astrid shows her designs for the space, Jordan can't help but feel like the Everwood is turning into like a minimalist Pinterest board and losing its character and history. Astrid's in her beige era and that's fine. There's a time and place for it, you know? It's like the Three Birds renovations, if you guys have seen them on Instagram. Like, it's white on white on white on white on white. Natasha pulls Jordan and Astrid aside and is like, yo, the, the tension here, phenomenal for ratings. People eat that shit up. And Jordan is like, perfect, I get to fuck with Miss Prim. And Astrid is just like internally screaming, but because she's a people pleaser, externally she's like, sure. <laughs> I can't say no to things. <laughs> <laughs> that night, Astrid like hides her herself with some wine in her house and tries not to think about Jordan and instead she has an email from her mother an which email is from just her what mother all need Again, already start there problematic but mm. it gets worse because she's forwarded through a news article on her ex Spencer's engagement with the title of the email as interesting uh, I hate it it's unsettling for any mums out there who might be thinking this is a fantastic choice of events there are ways to deliver news to your children and there are ways not to and this is how not to do that like it's just so loaded and unnecessarily harmful look I retract my earlier statement <laughs> I am nothing like that woman Astrid is obviously still on her journey in terms of her relationship with her mother and is still having brunches with her you need boundaries but that's fine she's on the journey Isabel is aware of like Astrid's professional situation as well because she owns the majority percentage of the business and approves all of her designs. That's where the white on white on white comes from. Um, <laughs> we learn about the haunted mysteries and lore behind the Everwood Inn with its owner Alice Everwood still lurking about for her long lost love and I think the house should be burnt but anyways they're determined to renovate it. Jordan decides to start claiming some of the original items and saying she will restore it but on the back burner she's like crafting this plan. There's this whole argument of buying oddities rather than minimalist items and that just continues at like a craft fair the next day. However at this craft fair we also learn that Astrid has a secret backstory with baking. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> We're then at demo day and Jordan is all decked out in her gay Bob the Builder glory and we get this moment <laughs> where... <laughs> It's so true. Gay Bob what was Bob the Builders? What was the girl? Wendy? Oh, Wendy. 
Scoot, and Dilly, and Rolly. Rusty and Wendy. Join the crew. Wow. Memory unlocked. We get this moment where Astrid butts up against the like internalized misogyny of seeing like because Jordan's kind of in like a crop top esque moment. She's like, oh my god, exposed skin. And then she's like, wait, that's completely fine. Some mid roof is actually probably quite comfortable in these conditions. Which again, weirdly relatable. Natasha decides she wants to see the prim and proper Astrid bash some shit in this demo. And so Astrid struggles to feel like as cool as everyone else. And again, why is this so relatable? Like when you're in a room full of people and you're just trying to get on everyone else's level and they're already there and they're already really cool and you're just like trying to fit in. It's hard. It's fine. <laughs> Childhood trauma aside, Jordan, of course, has to demonstrate how to swing the sledgehammer. But it actually unlocks something in Astrid and for the first time feels wild and alive while smashing the shit out of these cabinets. And she literally growls. Uh, no. I've been... <laughs> no, I have been down the TikTok rabbit hole that is that Daniel Grange. Oh my god, why oh. are people pretending to be fucking fairies and wolves? The ones where it's the people pretend to be in a pack of wolves and they're running? Yes! I no, I just watched one where this guy is like clearly demonstrating a finger blast, okay, under the camera. And then he's like, Oh, you're nice and creamy. And then he goes, Oh, what's that? And then he's like, Thrush? No. Mm. Yes. I screamed. I I cannot someone commented like I really wish I was on that submarine. That <laughs> Also, same though. Same. <laughs> just on a daily occurrence. <laughs> Fucking hell, we just need to implode. So, after Astrid goes, wow, Jordan is like, fuck, that was hot. <laughs> and we get this moment Jordan watched Astrid's reaction carefully yes she said guy 100% on purpose yes she was looking for any sign that Astrid wasn't straight because god damn it she was getting vibes I liked the fishing we're just gonna gonna see how you react to this how yes men men Men? the male male organs penis slides it across the table dick (laughs) erect <laughs> but it's so funny because most straight women would be like, ew. Jordan cannot stop thinking about the growl that came out of Astrid. And you know what? Now she's horny. Astrid admits that she was partly thinking about her dickhead ex. And Jordan's like, oh, yes, fantastic. An ex. Glorious. But then Astrid asks what Jordan thinks about. And she says, cancer. Oh, no. Oh. Trauma. <laughs> Sharp turn. <laughs> oh dear squawk um jordan flees to her private workshop to work through her feelings and we learn that it's been a year (laughs) squawk just the the squawk Squawk. it was just really quiet but it was there (laughs) not an actual squawk just the word fuck we learn it's been a year since she lost her wife Meredith with cancer, not to cancer. Again, you'd be forgiven for being confused. Jordan has had one lover since, but she doesn't want casual. She wants a partner. And in the meantime, she is not going to get that from Astrid and has fully reimagined Astrid's entire house plans for the Everwood. So that seems a super healthy way to deal with your feelings. She's like, I can't have you. Well, I'm going to destroy your dreams. <laughs> She's literally <laughs> done an <Ellie>. Fuck your career. <laughs> <laughs> like Ellie, fuck you. you. <laughs> fuck you. Can't have anything. Yeah, you can't have everything. You <laughs> Coming for everything. <laughs> I love that. In Astrid's point of view, the ivory dress has now been dry cleaned and is coming out again because she needs to feel powerful again. We all have that outfit. But when they start filming and walking to the house, all the walls are blue. They are not white or white or white. Crew loves it. Everyone thinks it's Astrid. And Natasha even says that the original plan was uninspired, which is very savage. Mm-hmm. He's not wrong. That sends <laughs> Astrid, though. And before she can panic dig herself into a pit, Jordan speaks up and says that they planned it all together. Expected. Asher takes some time to regroup and realize her original design was nice but lacked heart and soul. In fact, nothing in her life could be described as having heart and soul. Again, super nice. Asher oh, confronts Jordan about it all, and Jordan's like, "Fighting with you? It's 
kind of making me feel more alive than I've felt in years. I like this. <laughs> She's like, I love being negged. Iris appears just as Jordan is about to say something about not being at war with Astrid. And Iris is like, oh my God, I need to insert myself into this storyline and invite you to play boozy putt-putt mini golf. Cool. Simon, the bisexual <laughs> brother is invited. And also Iris's new girlfriend, Jillian, is also invited. But we don't discuss where Grant went or how that happened. No. I hope you're doing well, no. Grant. Sorry, I Grant. Oh. oh. <laughs> What did he do wrong? It's just a man. What was wrong with just a man. It wasn't that big a deal. <laughs> no, it wasn't that deep. He's just a man. <laughs> Ashwood again struggles to let go of like feeling uptight when everyone else can go with the flow. And again, why is this so relatable? <laughs> Anyways, Jordan and Ashwood literally bump into each other and the karmic ledger is balanced as Ashwood spills Jordan's wine all over Jordan's very loudly print shirt. Ashwood realises that she's actually not too old to feel lonely and decides to actively change the path she is on and offers an olive branch to Jordan. I thought you were going to say and offers a gobby to Jordan and I was like, well. (laughs) Nom, 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 nom. nom. Munch on that champagne right here, right now. So their friendship redo kicks off in Jordan's POV with platonic mini golf with the gang and Jordan just checks out Astrid's ass the entire time. It's great. Nothing to see here. Well, actually, there is something to see. Look, I'm happy for Astrid that there is something to see because imagine she's like, wow, that is just nothing there. Nothing. (laughs) Absolutely nothing. Just flat, flat flat as a surfboard. Oh, it's a shame. But no, (laughs) she's, she's got curves, which... Congratulations. The girlies start talking and learning more about each other when Jordan notices Astrid has incisors that are sharp like a vampire's. And this becomes something that is then constantly (laughs) referenced throughout the book, like some cute little quirk in Astrid's appearance. But I am now quite literally picturing her as Jasper Cullen, who's just sniffed out a heavy boy day. Oh my god! Um, I have there's this girl that I follow on um, Instagram or TikTok. She had her sharpened, and she is so hot. I would literally sell my left hip, right hip, right foot, left foot, hands, knees, buttocks. I would sell it all for wow. her because I love her with my whole heart. So I just what's the purpose I of mean, the teeth? Though? Is it to look like a vampire? Just a little bit quirky. Slave. <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> I will <Ew>. stop. <laughs> I'm not going to do it anymore. Jesus you can't Christ. make that promise, Georgia. <laughs> so the girls end up ditching mini golf and go to some old movie theater right out of an old Hollywood movie that somehow Astrid never knew about, despite living 20 minutes away from it for her <laughs> entire life. But yeah, that happens. They have a romantic little moment watching a silent movie together and getting all deep and meaningful. And Jordan tells her about her ex-wife, Meredith. We all Meredith. know I love an ex. No, that perfect (laughs) angel can do no wrong. Anyway, turns out Meredith went on this whole eat, pray, love journey after surviving cancer and told Jordan she needed to go off and find her destiny. That is true. Eat, pray, love. She did. She was just like, this life is not for me. Eat, pray, love. Okay. And what are our thoughts on this, please? Was Meredith awful for, like, just ditching her after all of the trauma or was she kind of right? I don't think you can tell a person who's survived cancer that they were wrong. Yeah. But (laughs) if you could... (laughs) <laughs> feel like be close it to say wasn't it. the best response i've never had cancer so i can't say that you know. i don't think she did anything fucking wrong life is short my dude like if yeah. you're not finding joy in that just cast yeah, it yeah but she could she could have done it earlier on if she wasn't finding joy i feel like she kind of was like well i'm gonna <laughs> drag kind of... you along for the entire ride of my cancer treatment and you get through die. the too yeah. and then i'm gonna be like now that i'm getting better Thank you for looking after me. Um, yeah, thank you for looking also, after me. But squawk. no. Squawk. Squawk. Squawk the day away. Yeah, I feel like she kind of left it to a point where there had already been so much trauma for them both that really, if you're feeling not feeling it that deeply, surely you weren't feeling it like six months earlier. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then yeah. it feels a little bit like you were using someone to be a carer and then once you are better, you were like, okay, cool, all yeah. done now. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank not you. Not necessarily saying that that was what yeah. Happened, but I feel like that's the vibe. That, that's definitely the vibe that how Jordan feels is that she was there, she was ready to give it a rule, and then it was like, okay, I'm actually you're ready, and I'm leaving. Thank you. Good day. Um, <laughs> Good day, sir. I'm off to eat. I love elsewhere. And then also, it's the staying in contact. It's not the clean break. You're stringing her along. 
I could deal with the like, yeah, you survived cancer, life's changed. You would look at mm-hmm. life so differently. But it's this stringing along when you know that person's not in the same place you are. Yeah, I have an issue with exes contacting people for yeah. any reason, as <laughs> you can imagine. Yeah, don't <laughs> fucking talk to me. You're dead now. Mm. What do you mean? Ellie's like, you've never had an ex before. This shouldn't even, this no. is a whole new <laughs> Okay, well, good. I'm glad we got our thoughts on that because I didn't think she was such a bad guy for doing it. I thought she kind of saw the situation for what it was and maybe she was like dropping the signs and Jordan yeah. wasn't picking them up. Which, but... look, with Jordan's character, that's also a very big possibility is that she was like, oh, that's a sign. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I will I'm repurpose make... that into a table. I'm going to start a fire. <laughs> <laughs> That's what Light the fire that was. feeling on fire. <laughs> anyway, let's get back to the movie date. Jordan ends up showing Astrid a tarot card that she keeps pulling from her deck for soulmates, which I'm like, do you just carry them in your she pocket? She does, apparently. Mm, okay. <laughs> it's a very fucking relatable moment after hearing Jordan's traumatic story about the heartbreak, the cancer journey, the whole thing. And Astrid's just like, deflect. <laughs> oh, I can't deal with this. Feelings. Emotion. No. <laughs> so she's like, I can tie a cherry, cherry thing with my tongue. Watch. And she does that. Yeah, we this all know where this is going. universal sign for horn dog. Yeah. Mm. My best friend's mum taught us how to do that. Oh, that God. was an interesting night. Anyway, we all know where this is going with the with this, the there's mouth mm-hmm. action because Jordan's looking at Astrid's mouth and Astra's looking at Jordan's mouth and everyone is mouth looking and everyone is horny. And, you know, our poor girl, she hasn't had a lay in 10 months. So... A breeze in the right direction is just going to get her there. <laughs> Astrid is more concerned that Jordan had a wife, which again, relatable. How dare you have a past before you met me, even though we're not together yet, but still. <laughs> Astrid then gets drunk and plays on a playground and Jordan thinks that she's just so happy and carefree and it's like, <laughs> you've seen nothing. <laughs> you've seen nothing of this woman. But anyway. She's just wine it, drunk. Everyone gets like that. It, they do indeed. It's a whole moment, but we're moving on because in the next chapter, we discover Astrid had a sex dream about Jordan and ended up engaging in some solo sexy time so hello she pulled out Flicking the main the by pure romance and was like <laughs> getting down <laughs> nice okay squawk <laughs> in need of some real talk astrid asks delilah for advice we have another queer chat which it appears that just maybe astrid could have been suppressing her sexuality out of fear of her mother which tracks because her mother is a cunt so yeah true yeah true. we're not surprised mm-hmm. they have a pretty good conversation about it all and astrid leaves feeling pretty resolved which is fairly quick but okay we're on board but this is where i need to expand okay tell me if i'm naive to think that a whole reckoning of oh my god i think I want to have sex with a girl just needs like a little bit more discussion or did that feel like you didn't give that a second thought when you were reading it? I I don't think I gave it a second thought when I was reading it but I feel like I went into this book going well obviously it's going to be queer and so Mm -hmm. there will be queer romance and in the way that if I read any romance book I don't really question the identity in a monologue when the romance is coming I'm like it's part of what I'm signing up for so I wasn't critically engaging with it in that way. I think that her internal monologue went through the crisis and I guess like her explaining it to Delilah or at least having that conversation with Delilah was just like a snippet of like she's been going through these feelings like when you've been like suppressed I guess it takes Mm -hmm. like one thing to like bring up those emotions and then you know her internal monologue throughout every interaction with Jordan is very much like (laughs) I feel like she's stressing she's a bit like Mm -hmm. oh my god uh, uh." and then like this conversation with Delilah I feel like is just like the out loud smaller version of what's going on inside her head it might not have been explained very well in that scene like that could have been more that is these kind of books though like with rom-coms you kind of find out with the characters yeah like you know what I mean like you don't you don't kind of get like they're not like 600 page books where you're gonna get that like really in-depth detail I think yeah identity this is just us shooting shit. I also feel like sometimes yeah. I personally hold female characters to a higher standard. So I expect more from especially an FF story because I expect both characters to be delivering not only funny banter and intellectual inner monologues, but I want them to be emotionally intelligent and to have all of that. And that's just some of my um, unrealistic and unforgiving standards for women. <laughs> 
coming out where I'm like, I need you to do everything that I would never ask for a male love interest. Yeah, I'm actually now, <laughs> I'm like checking my internal monologue here because now I'm thinking like, you know what, I don't, I mean, I do have issues with yeah. like the hating game and love hypothesis, which were mm. heterosexual relationships. Yeah. Don't get me wrong, I didn't like those books either. But I am now comparing this to a male love interest and I wouldn't have these issues with that. So maybe it's just me being like really protective of like my allyship and being like, no, it's not represented enough. But then I'm like, sit down, straight girl. <laughs> no one needs your opinion. It's the, it's the weird thing about books is like, you know, everyone has like their own experiences, which, you know, mold the way that they view a book. And it's one, and like your way of viewing this book is probably a, very similar to the way so many other people viewed it. Mm-hmm. So like, it's, yeah, it's one of those things where having these discussions is so important. Look at us book talk community. We're having a discussion. It's like really Look reasonable. Look at us talking. <laughs> Wow. I love that Georgia basically just summed up my whole um, summary being like, baby, just like dick. (laughs) <laughs> you just like dig babe you know? like, it's fine Jesus Christ alright okay anyway meanwhile Jordan's getting texts from her ex which never a fucking good idea Jordan distracts herself from thoughts of her ex and Astrid's tongue by working incessantly she's about to be done for the night when she notices a light on in the inn coming from the haunted lapis room unlike anyone with any self preservation skills Jordan <laughs> goes to investigate which it's me can't relate it's Georgia. i would go with someone else but not alone fuck that you can't you can't stop me from trying to find those ghosts oh, i will okay. happily watch from the car <laughs> oh god anyway jordan discovers astrid she's in there she's wearing very tight pants which is relevant because she's noticed the tight pants she's just doing some work before filming and you know astrid she's just feeling inadequate because her design isn't inspired but it's all good because Jordan just so happens to moonlight as a designer and she shows to, Astrid to her plans. To moon she's her like, design. <laughs> <laughs> they have this whole slow motion moving closer towards each other moment where you think they're going to kiss and Jordan says, you want to kiss a woman and I happen to be the first one you find yourself really attracted to. I need you to want to kiss me. And I respect the boundary. Good for you, Jordan. Simon then ruins the moment anyway, so we move on. There's a lot of subplot with Astrid's job concerns and Jordan's concerns about the financial sustainability of the inn. So really, they both need this TV show to fucking work. We're all getting that? Like, this is a big deal. It's a big Mm -hmm. deal. They devise a plan. Astrid will pretend Jordan's plans are her own and they'll continue to pretend to fight for the cameras. And this is just so fucking stupid. Are you kidding me? Yeah. Natasha would have understood. It could have been conveyed in a way that reflected Astrid's work and Jordan's design, and it just irritated the fuck out of me. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, this is what I mean about the book falling flat. There's just, there's no real conflict. Yeah, I think that was one of the main things that irked me was the fact that it was just so, like, is it an issue, question mark? Like, Astrid is really helping Jordan bring Jordan's design to life. Without Astrid, Jordan's design wouldn't have been what it was. So really, it is a joint effort, and then all of a sudden it is a really fucking big issue and then everything yeah. blows up and I was kind of a bit like ah okay I didn't yeah. see that as being an issue but okay yeah it really irritated me anyway it is what it is so the mm. next day Astrid arrives to a movie night at Iris's a little bit early and she overhears Cunnilingus in the living room which gets her very flustered movie night commences and Astrid's looking for a book to borrow from Iris and she has this whole colour coordinated bookshelf featuring only queer books which I think that's your heaven guys I literally want a colour coordinated shelf so bad but I have to have the authors I have to have the book series together it looks nice I can't (laughs) get to it I can't separate a series but I can't. Ooh. Oh, I didn't even think about separating yeah. series like that. Love that would, no. Yeah. Like imagine Throne of Glass. You've got one book over there, one book over there, oh. one book over there. Like you try to find it and you're scattering. You scattered your brain. It's frazzled. Oh, yeah. No, okay. Mm-mm. It's pleasing oh pleasing to the eye and that's about it. But not to the mind. Not, <laughs> not to the mind. So we get some good group banter before Astrid runs home to read smut books she's borrowed and has herself a little fiddle whilst nice. picturing Jordan. Did a little, oh my fiddle, god, it's Tim. Oh my, 
Gamlin, what are you doing here? I really wasn't expecting a Tamlin reference. Anyway, the girls are back at the inn having a nearly tender moment when Natasha interrupts and immediately she knows what's going on. She's picked up the vibe, but she's ignoring it. They film the scene where new designs are revealed and there's fake tension and it all just seems very highly unbelievable, but here we are. And then it's time for Claire and Delilah's moving in party and there is drama. Turns out Jillian, remember Iris's girlfriend from the Cunnilingus couch? She has left her phone with Iris and we have this whole movie moment where Iris answers the phone and it's like, this is Iris. Who the hell is this? And it's like a scene from Sex and the City and I am quite obsessed with it. But Astrid leaves her friend to her own problems as she declares to Jordan that she is more than attracted to Jordan and she wants to kiss her to know what it's like to be with her her it's very sweet and they make out complete with over the bra groping which well done but we have to leave things there because poor iris is just having a right old time also astrid needs to fix her makeup because it looks like she's been dragged through a bush backwards and she has red lipstick and she looks like some weirdly sexy clown just for context jordan really is into the uh winged eyeliner which Love that for you, babe. And also specifically a particular shade of red lipstick. Bright, fuck off red. You recognise that. It's an effort to apply a lip colour that bold. It is. You know where that shit's going. Yeah, you're going to be like, hold that thought. I just need to quickly wipe. Wipe. Now we're good. <laughs> Otherwise it just looks uh. like you've given a very strange facial. Oh, my S- God. Some questions. No. George um, has had a thought. I was, yeah, I did. Um, Because obviously like a facial, like if it's like there's a man on the situation it's yeah, like he's coming on your face. face um it, there's oh. a female and it's red um what do you oh. think i was thinking <laughs> oh, he's just having a very yeah bloody dinner a real dinner partner loves their woman any day of the month and she's got vampire teeth <laughs> jasper cullen the reference circles back oh god not jasper oh fuck me okay as it turns out jillian was married and she had a kid when she decided to start fucking iris so she's just about a downright awful human as it gets fuck you jillian fuck you and your cow you were only worth like three chapters dishonor of this book on you, you can... dishonor on your cow Probably not your family because it seems pretty munted to dishonour a child. Yeah, and they've been through a lot because of your actions, Jillian. Iris is wallowing and is terrified of ending up alone. And despite my thoughts about this book, I am very excited to read about her. She is my favourite character. Yeah. Like, I really also love the dynamic between Iris and Delilah, like that friendship, because Mm. Iris is like, hello, life-altering crisis here. And Delilah's like, I'm coming, my queen. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Astrid debates telling her squad about the kiss because she doesn't want to break Jordan's trust but also doesn't want it to be a secret. They exchange some really cute texts and Astrid declares to the group she made out with none other than Jordan Everwood. Chaos ensues. Everyone kind of already knew and Astrid feels like it's just a perfect moment and it's very fucking sweet because it's just like a pylon love cuddle puddle thing. It's just beautiful. Platonic sister love puddle? Oh, I like that. Platonic (laughs) sister love puddle. Okay, there's more design, (laughs) lying, filming, plot, and I shan't rehash because I do not like it. Essentially, Natasha confronts them and asks how long they've been fucking, which is kind of awkward because they haven't started fucking yet, but they've been talking about it. So you know where this is going, don't you? Pantry porn. (laughs) Pantry porn! And I mean, this kitchen and pantry sounds delightful. I picture it as Kendall Jenner's kitchen. If you've seen her architect digest tour, you'll know what I'm talking about. I love a good decanting dry product moment, but the girls aren't there admiring the shelves. They're admiring other things. Other shelves? Astrid is, other shelves? I know. I'm like, what's a good innuendo? Do you? Yeah, no, yeah. it's not coming. They are, though. They are. <laughs> Astrid is scared because it's pretty rare for her to orgasm with a partner and Jordan is like, challenge, fucking, accepted. And I'll do it with your clothes on. And I was like, ooh. Ambitious. Interesting. <laughs> dry humping. Yes. That's exactly what happens. Jordan proceeds to dry hump her in the pantry with her clothes on, which is fine and it's actually quite sexy. But riddle me this, how on earth is she licking, biting and kissing her body with clothes on? Which it's she a lot most of soggy definitely fabric. It is. Like picture Gross. everything getting like all hot and sweaty and then just a mouthful of polyester. You're sweater's got a bit of saliva on it and it gets like a bit stiff and starchy afterwards oh my god yeah me being like no it's like the nibble on the neck it's the nibble on the ear it's like you know Just... like the the wrist like the you know it's like no, all the oh, it's she all... beat her on like the, the over overshirt overshirt bite mm-hmm. mm, oh yummy. my god it's like when a cat is suckling on a blanket because it thinks it's its mom 
Oh, <laughs> let's not do a mother-child relationship <laughs> in a sexual moment. Oh. Pivot away. Pivot, Pivot. away. Pivot. 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 Things progress. Jordan Jordan wants kitchen cunnilingus, and I don't know if you've noticed this, but I keep saying cunnilingus with a different area of a home. So every surface of every location, let's go. Turns out Jordan wins her challenge and Astrid is about to return the favor when none other than Simon rocks up to again interrupt because that's essentially all he does in this book. As it turns out, he is the bearer of bad news because guess who just rocked up? Ex-wifey. Right. Fucking Meredith. She rocks up and she ruins shit. Simon and Astrid leave and she starts running her fat fucking mouth about having oh, silly Jordan's ideas and I'm fucking pissed. I told you I was mad about this. Oh, you were. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> Jordan tells her to fuck off and goes to see Astrid, which I agree with that statement. <laughs> they have like the bonding moment in a new relationship where your partner finally sees you break the fuck down for the first time and sees truly how fucked up you are. And Astrid, <laughs> she stands by Jordan throughout all of this. It starts getting steamy and I love when the MCs go from last names to first names. And that's what happens here when Jordan properly calls Astrid Astrid. She only did it in certain circumstances and now it's like the sexual circumstances. I love it. And we get these quotes. Astrid grinned evilly, kissed her once, Jesus that tongue, and started the slow journey south. And another one, DJ Khaled. Jordan adored this woman. (laughs) Fucking adored her. Sorry. What? It's DJ Khaled. I just anyway, remember him from Pitch Perfect 3. I mean, he does have a relatively successful music career. Music career. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and he should have given cunnilingus to his wife, but, like, you know, Pitch Perfect 3. Makes Why sense. is he shit at giving cunnilingus to his wife? Because he doesn't. He refuses oh. to because he's a man. That's his is logic. Is this a well-known? <gasps> That's DJ Khaled. And Nicki Minaj rapped about him. Oh, my God. I've missed this whole big pop culture moment. Wow. Anyway. Anyway. Yes, DJ Khaled. Okay. Jordan adored this woman. Fuck adored her Astrid Parker watching porn so she could please Jordan in bed it was funny hilarious even but it was also unbearably sweet because Astrid's basically <laughs> watched porn so that she knows what's going on you know because she's a perfectionist that is a legitimate she's... like I am obviously a bisexual woman in a heterosexual relationship and I'm like if this don't work out or if we open it up and I, I need to know how to provide a service here I would like to make sure I'm not fucking it up please is there a Tutorial? Like that. Cool. 1-800-VAGINA now to get your free tutorial. <laughs> I think men fine. need to take that class as well, though. Fucking they hell. do. Of course it's the women being like, how can I be better for the community at large? And men are like, mm. <laughs> no. So they end up having a sex marathon over the weekend and it is brilliant. By Sunday, Astrid is like 10 orgasms in and is living her best life. Slay. When Jordan buys her a bunch of ingredients and asks her to bake for her that is the biggest sleigh honestly that's a lot of orgasms in the weekend she'd be so dehydrated she's not squirting every time she orgasms. no but it's still a lot of fluid in your body and a lot of activity and you're going to be sweating and then yeah just right, she's really worried about her, her <laughs> hydration levels she's got to have a hydrolyte before they go another round but they end up having a really wonderful day until isabel the cunt rocks up and sees astrid and jordan having their cute as button cake off situation isabel and Astrid end up talking and turns out that she has been reviewing all of Astrid's designs and knows this one for the Everwood Inn is not hers. She goes blah, blah, blah about reputation and fleeting emotions and then leaves and Astrid is like a little bit shook by this. Jordan approaches Astrid like she's approaching a best friend who's just gone through a breakup slow and with wine. Astrid's <laughs> freaking out, thinking that her mother is right and that she needs to focus on her reputation. And Jordan's like, you're literally joking, right? You're happy? Just live your life. But Astrid can't cope. She bursts. And the summary of the outburst is that Astrid doesn't know who she is without her mother's guidance. And Jordan like calms her down and they end up having this cute moment where they like slow dance on the patio and Jordan sings her a love song. And I die, but now reading it back, I also kind of get the ick. So that's good. Yeah. <laughs> good. 
The internal cringe. Oh. Yeah, but everything goes to shit soon after, though, and Astrid works herself to the bone. Jordan knows something is up, and Natasha ends up calling a meeting, and turns out fuckface Meredith emailed Natasha about someone stealing the design ideas. Astrid ends up coming clean and walks away from the inn renovation, and Jordan is left heartbroken. So the girl gang gather at Astrid's after she is left like huddled up in bed for two days and we get this heartbreaking moment where Astrid like finally lets out her feelings to her friends. Ready. The tears. <laughs> All that mattered right now was getting everything out. Every single thing she hated about herself, her life, what she'd done to Jordan. Her tears were like a detox coursing through her body and wiping it clean. At least that's what it felt like. That's what she hoped it was, but it all felt so impossible. Starting over, what did that even mean for a person who'd already walked on the earth for 30 years? Soon she felt her friend's arms around her, all three of them, Delilah included, wrapping her up and holding her while she well and truly broke down. It's about time, Iris said, but not unkindly. She said it gently, lovingly, as she pressed a kiss to Astrid's forehead. It's about damn time. Oh my God, Lizzo. But anyway, discussion point. I cried during this scene. It felt like it was so real. And I feel like for a long time, I was the strong friend who like rarely broke down. I kept everything in. And then one day I had like a really bad time and I cracked. And now I'm like super emotional and I cry all the time. But it took that breakdown to kind of realize that it's okay to be emotional and that everyone's trauma is different. And just because you yours doesn't seem as bad as someone else's doesn't mean that your feelings aren't valid. I did love this scene. It was very, very beautiful, especially like when they all know that she had that potential in her and she was just struggling to process her feelings and they're Mm. they're like, oh, we've been here. We've been ready for you to have this moment as well. Mm. Yeah, they are her safe space. One of the things for me in life, especially now that I'm getting older, are girlfriends. Like you need to have a core girlfriend group who you can be this vulnerable with and have these conversations with and they'll just they don't care what you've done they'll just pick Mm. you back up and be there and they know you they know what you need to get back on your feet again that's one of the best things about these books the yeah. girl gang. So it is quite terrible because Astrid is like trying to deal with her shit, but she's also icing Jordan out and that's really affecting Jordan. Jordan's last text to Astrid after Astrid turns her phone on was basically two days ago, which all it said was, baby, call me back, please. Like that, that broke my heart. I was like, that hurt. So Isabel comes to visit Astrid and starts ranting and fucking raving. And Astrid's life seems like it's falling apart. Astrid's like, fucking no, mother. It is just the beginning. And so she tells her mom that she quits her designing job and she fucks off out the house, which go team. Meanwhile, Jordan gets a call from Natasha and surprise, she's going to be featured inside Natasha's magazine. She's been offered a job at a design company and Jordan is really happy and she deserves this. And like, she was going through this meltdown of being like, I'm not good at anything. Astrid's left me. Everyone's left me. I'm alone. Feeling quite sorry for herself. And then all these opportunities start to come up from her talent. And she's like, oh, wow. I have something going for me right now. This is good. She is obviously still sad about Astrid, but she thinks that she deserves a destiny and she's not going to settle for someone who is not going to fight for her. Damn straight. She is eat, pray, loving herself. Very hard to Um, eat yourself, but she's figured it out. (laughs) She's figured out. She's cracked some ribs and she's she's like that eating herself out. guy. Not the crush guy again. No. So Astrid is having a girl band meeting and they're discussing her options. She puts baking down as a career pathway and everyone is super excited and they end up letting slip about Jordan's feature in Natasha's magazine. Astrid is really happy for Jordan and the girls say, hey, like you could be, you know, maybe the cook at the Everwood Inn if you wanted to. That's a pretty cool idea. And Astrid's just like, I don't want to ruin Jordan's life more than I already have. And Iris is like, babe, why don't you let Jordan decide what's best for her? Funny that. Yeah. Sugar. <laughs> Claire and Delilah pull out the like tarot card deck. And funnily enough, it is the exact same one that Jordan has. And Astrid's like, hmm, interesting. Let's do it. And Astrid thinks, okay, fuck it. When the two cups get pulled and we die because it is fate, destiny, we love it. Jordan is trying to sleep when pebbles start getting thrown at her window. She goes downstairs because (laughs) she can't open the window. She's like, what the fuck is going on? So she goes downstairs outside with like a weapon, I'm pretty sure. (laughs) 
Um, she's but when not she... holding a weapon, it's just a very loud danger-filled shirt with like an axe on it. And she's like, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God, I died. Anyway, when she walks outside, the two of cups card is in the snow and she's like, oh my God. And then as she keeps looking up, there's another one and another one, DJ Khaled, leading to the lapis room. <laughs> Why is this man here twice? <laughs> but anyway, when she gets to the lapis room, Astrid stands there holding the initial card that she pulled and she tells Jordan the story of the card and Jordan's like, wowza, that's that's like destiny, that's fate. Astrid tells Jordan she deserves like a grand gesture and she's trying to make this moment it. She says, I love you, Jordan Everwood. That's what it comes down to. I thought I didn't deserve you, that you deserved better, and that still might be true. I put you through hell these last few weeks. I used you, even if I didn't really understand what I was doing at the time. I still used you. And I am so, so sorry. After everything, if you don't feel the same, I'll understand, but I had to tell you. I had to tell you that I want you more than I've ever wanted anything in my whole life. And it might sound silly or childish, but I don't care. You are my destiny, Jordan, not because of a card or the stars or some sort of magic, but because I choose you. And I, but Jordan didn't let her finish. She bridged the space between them and took Astrid's face in her hands, cutting off her words with a kiss. Beautiful. Love it. They take the show back to Astrid's house. And there is some snip, snip, scissor action. And Jordan (laughs) tells her that she loves her too. Astrid let those words wrap around her heart. She let them be true. She let them feel true. Then she kissed the woman she loved, the woman who loved her. She kissed her on that couch. Then she kissed her in the bedroom, in the shower, on the back porch. She kissed her until the sun started to peek through the curtains. And they finally fell asleep. Kind of lingus on the couch, kind of lingus in the bedroom, kind of lingus in the shower. That could be a wrap. Picture this, we were both butt naked, banging on the bathroom <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, Jordan got Astrid a clit necklace and I really would like one of those. They're in like their cute little bubble of bliss when Isabel arrives and Jordan is actually out getting dinner and Astrid is like, oh fuck, hi mum. And Isabel tells her that when Astrid is ready to talk, she's ready to listen and Astrid feels like strong knowing that that conversation will take place when she's ready not when it pleases her mother Mm. as Isabel goes to leave Jordan is there and Isabel is civil with her and tells her that her design ideas for the inn were lovely and Jordan is like Oh, God, thanks so much. Um, That's really <laughs> nice of you. She, she reminds me of some wheeze. <laughs> like a nervous <laughs> little dog. <laughs> we then flash forward three months and the inn is complete. It's popping off. Astrid is the manager of the inn and Jordan is the lead designer and is a boss ass fucking bitch. It's opening night and it's super packed and everything is great. Isabel and Astrid have started talking very slowly, but they have started talking and Astrid and Jordan are in love and it's beautiful. The end. Bless. I have an mm. idea for a music reference if we don't have one. I don't DJ have Khaled. one, so go ahead. No, surprisingly not DJ Khaled, <laughs> even though it very well could be. Actually, it's Sparks Fly by Taylor Swift, obviously Taylor's version. So it's like, the way you move is like a full-on rainstorm and I'm a house of cards, cough, cough, tarot cards. I'm on my guard for the rest of the world, but with you, I know it's no good and I could wait patiently, but I really wish you would. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. fucking bad. So in terms of fan art, we have artwork by Becca Podos and she also did one for Delilah Green where it's kind of like that very pencil drawing style. Jordan looks a lot like Ruby Rose. Oh yeah. And then there's also by NK Winter and that's Winter with two eyes and they also did artwork for Delilah Green so that's Jordan and Astrid again and then we've also got, I thought we'd give a shout out to the person who did the cover illustration and they've done a couple promotional artworks for all of these characters and that's Lenny Kaufman. She's done this one of Jordan in her lemon shirt and Astrid's there in her very chic suit and bangles. They've got like a little lesbian hammer and a bisexual cake and it's very cute. Hmm. I love Lenny Kaufman's art style. It's gorgeous. We need to tell you what we're doing next week and I think you've all guessed it if you've listened to last week's episode. It's fucking fourth win, bitches. Get ready. It may come in two parts, undecided yet, because (laughs) there's a lot. There's 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 hard to pronounce names. There's there's dragons. (laughs) There's sexual tension. There's There's shadow daddy. Shadow daddy. Need I say more? Prepare yourselves because 
things could get more unleashed as to what they were tonight. But anyway, if you want to hear our thoughts, tune in next week. If you miss us in the meantime, find us on social media. We're everywhere at a book and a bev. Bye. 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 (laughs) Thank you for listening to our podcast. You can find us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube if you haven't already at a book and a bev podcast. Please rate, like, and subscribe. We hear that helps. We love and appreciate you and we'll see you next week.